Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, all seven rounds of heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. College basketball is back. Therefore, we'll be talking about Coach K's final tour. I know AJ is excited. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the master of all Maction Madness. And with me, as always, is AJ. Why not Purdue, Marchese? You think it's their year, Rob, in both football and basketball? Uh, no, I think their basketball program is um, its going to be like the inverse of what's happening to the football program. Uh, I think that's a good take. Thank you. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who shocked, locked, and popped in week 10 of college football. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. You know who else will be profiting this year, AJ? Uh, whom, Robert? Mike Krzyzewski on his final tour, and that's what your new Spotify green room is all about. It's all about what each team gives him the final yeah. time he plays them. You know, I don't know if you remember this, but um, before the era of Spotify Greenroom, uh, when David Ortiz was on his final tour and they got all the gifts, uh, I just I just talked to myself in the bathroom about it. Some people may have listened, but now I can do it on Spotify Greenroom. Uh, what do you think the coolest kit, gift Coach K is going to get? 
Um, when Duke plays North Carolina. Oh yeah. A, a signed Psycho T. Bloody. Uh, yeah. towel. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the one that they got hanging. Uh. In the rafters. That's correct. That Lower it correct. and give it to Coach K. Yeah, that's gonna, be, that's gonna be a beautiful moment. If you want to hear us break that down and more, <laughs> download Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to sports media members, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversations that you listen to here every day, and share your own experiences and takes on the app. All you have to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. Then be notified when rooms go live. Well, you know who else went live last week on a weeknight? Uh, who, Rob? My number one best freshman. I've uh, I've I got one too. Um, but first, let's <laughs> call it tease. Okay. But first, yeah. Thoughts on uh, the week that was in college football? Uh, it was okay. I don't have any any big thoughts here. Hey, great matching games. Matching did not disappoint. No. Then a nail biter in Louisiana, Georgia State. Then a horrible showing no, no, from no. both Virginia Tech and Boston College. No, no that was the U- game of the week. Utah. I stayed up late for Utah State. That was I didn't. a fun one. And then uh, Purdue just upset City. And, you know, that's, I don't know. And guess who they're playing this week, Rob? Oh, I've already penciled it in as a loss. Yeah, as you should have. We'll get there take, later. I won't be picking this, but take Purdue plus 20. I will be picking this, and I will be taking Purdue plus 20, but we'll get there later. <laughs> yeah, um, another week of upsets. I feel like every week when it looks like the slate's not going to be good, it ends up giving us something. That's happened yeah. twice now with Purdue, <laughs> taking down top uh, top three teams. Um, Put Purdue in that, the playoff. I'm, like. Uh, how can you go wrong? Well, they only beat the good my, teams. My belief is that the playoffs should be Georgia, Purdue, mm-hmm. UTSA, and Cincinnati. I think that's the perfect four. I think it's hard I to agree. argue against those four. Um, but the most important thing that happened this week was the return of Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Uh, and that's where I'll start with my best freshman, where I'll give that nod to Lou Nichols, the Central Michigan running back who helped kind of pummel Western Michigan to some extent and lose me a, a pick. Um, ran for a buck 63 and two scores. I like Lou Nichols. He's short, stocky, runs strong behind his pads, already over 1,000 this year. He's a freshman that's a third-year freshman. Is it cheating? Sure. I don't care. He's Lou Nichols the third, so it takes him three. I love it. You got him for shooting up the board too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is draft eligible, so why not? It's so funny that there's my best freshman. One is eighteen, the other is like twenty-one. It's sick, though. Love that. But yeah, Lou Nichols, he set the tone uh, for the Maxion freshman this week. Uh, incorrect. You are wrong. You know who set the tone for the Maxion freshman this week, Rob? Uh, Northern Illinois' own Travion Rudolph, who had fourteen catches for three hundred ninety yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and that, that absolutely showed, like you said, the matching games were fucking amazing. Um, he's become a big-time, big play threat over the last couple of weeks. Uh, no one can seem to run with him. 
Uh, one of his touchdowns, uh, 75 yards. He caught it right in the middle, like 40 yards deep, and just like <laughs> ran to the sideline and killed all the angles up the sideline. Touchdown. He had a 100-yard uh, kick return touchdown a few weeks ago. Uh, he had a few nice contested catches in the game uh, on uh, Wednesday night. He's not a big dude at all. I think he's like 5'10", 180 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But he is interesting. And I, I don't know if it's you know legit speed or just max speed, but it looks like easy speed. But regardless, uh, you put up a game like this in that that fun of a shootout. Uh, something, something to say. Uh, my my main takeaway from the first week of action was that the Mac is full of the best receivers in the country. The, the Mac is offense. I think that like I didn't expect them to come out and just blow the doors off of each other all week. Um, you say that as I watch Western Michigan and Akron in a, in a just an ugly offensive battle. Hey, 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 but Eastern Michigan's only down by three against Indiana with under two to go in basketball. Ooh. <laughs> um, my other freshman will stay in the Midwest with Denzel Burke, the Ohio State true freshman, who he's been playing a ton this year. There was a ton of hype heading into the season. He had his bumps, but he looks like he's arrived um, against Nebraska – Nebraska just didn't really go after him. They picked on the other defensive backs. And the the one real time they, they kind of took a shot deep against him, he was stride for stride with the receiver um, and played the ball wonderfully in phase and, and got a pass breakup. And he just, he's given off big, maybe it's the first name thing, but playing playing style, big Denzel Ward vibes from the, the young corner. Yeah, it is the first name. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Rudolph was my only freshman this week, and I felt like he deserved was, the center w- show. But yeah, it wasn't a great week. Um, seeing as I'm, I did a homer pick and a third year freshman. <laughs> yeah, but we got the we got the debut of the Mac freshman, so that was fun. Um, speaking of Buckeyes, yeah, best sophomore. It's got to be Jackson Smith Njigba, who's. It's been him and Bijan Robinson. I think have been the two best true sophomores in the country this year. Um, he set the Ohio State receiving record against Nebraska, even though the Buckeyes could barely hang 26 on the Cornhuskers. 15 catches, 240 yards, and that 75-yard uh, catch-and-run touchdown where he just, I don't know, went through the heart of corn country for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's the third option. Obviously, Garrett Wilson was out for this game, so his workload went up, but like, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to be first-round picks, and yep. Jackson Njigba might get that that tag of the other two receivers are first-round picks, but this guy's the best one of the bunch. Um, it's starting to feel that way. And that's a, that's another uh, recruit like Garrett Wilson that got out of the state of Texas, went up to Ohio, and uh, that pipeline stays strong. But, yeah, he, he's been unbelievable this year. Uh, he's 13th in the country in receiving yards. Uh you named two very, very good true sophomores, but not the best one in the country, Rob. I'm going to name the best one in the country. It's Will Anderson from Bama, who's – I think they're starting a Heisman campaign for him, which is a little silly. But he, he's had an amazing year. I mean, if in the defense of that, if we're going to be like saying Aiden Hutchinson, Jordan Davis for Heisman, why not Will Anderson? No, no, totally agree. I, I think no one should get the Heisman this year, but more on that. Agreed. When we do the Heisman show, um, <laughs> Will Anderson this week against LSU, uh, dominant, twelve tackles, a half, uh, one and a half sacks, four TFLs, batted a ball down. Uh, he's just so explosive and smooth, man. Like he, he looks like he's going to be the first overall pick in next year's draft. He just, 
he's pretty fucking dominant. Uh, I'll go from one true sophomore defender to another that um, will probably is shaping his way to becoming a first round pick, and his brother just was one. I thought Noah Sewell looked awesome mm-hmm. again for Oregon. That Washington Oregon game like wasn't really very fun, but Sewell was a blast to watch. He was just hammering Sean McGrew. Uh, a little bit of a size difference there, but Sewell just the way he he gets downhill in such a hurry, yeah. and he's. Apparently he's 260. A 260 pound linebacker shouldn't move the way he does. I'm getting Vontez perfect vibes from him, <laughs> and uh, he he also broke up two passes. Like he he moves shockingly well for a he's good a heavy set linebacker. Yeah, no, definitely, and you can see it anytime you throw on the docks. I mean, um, I almost feel like he doesn't get enough credit, and that just might be. No, people aren't really watching the Ducks, and they're not actually the fourth best team in the country. Oh, the playoff rank is going to come out soon, I think too. Well, they're they're yeah, late tonight, but yeah. You, you know what's kind of funny is even before the season, I thought Justin Flo, the other yeah. true sophomore five-star linebacker, was getting more he hype was. than Sewell, even though Flo got hurt last year and then got hurt again this year. But, like, Sewell's just been that dude for them. Yeah. I mean, they're both pretty awesome. But, no, Sewell's, oh, yeah, definitely. Sewell's fucking legit. No, I definitely agree. Um, I'm going to go with my, my third one because, obviously, I had Smith and Jacob about two. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the, the TC wide receiver, who I've had here a couple weeks Keeps impressing, man. Another another big uh, big game with the upset over Baylor, uh, buck forty two and a touchdown. He's big. He's fast. He, he makes the contested catches. I don't think his hands are like elite or anything, but uh, when you're big and you're fast and you're putting up numbers, I think I think you're going to catch the NFL's eye next year. Uh, yeah, I mean that's just another great receiver, and yeah. and it comes back to our conversation from last week where it's like there's just so many talented receivers now. Yeah. Um, that it's like it, the position hasn't become devalued the way running back has, but you're going to hit on dudes in the second and third round who go on to be DK Metcalf or Terry McLaurin be, just because there's so much talent in the position now. I'm excited. I mean, I guess it started a little bit, but I think we're going to see where, you know, you get to high school, everyone wants to be a wide receiver, and it won't just be the guys who can't catch moving to corner anymore. It's going to be there's we have so many wide receivers well, at whatever level, college and high school, and those guys are going to be moving to corner. We're going to, we're, I mean, we, we already I, have lots of freaks, but we're going to have some big time I, freaks. I think. I feel like we've heard this for years. I guess. Where I guess true football heads would be like, uh, when you bring like stop letting your kids play receiver, let them play corner. I guess I run a camp where we get, <laughs> but I'm just saying it never seems to actually truly transpire that way, because um, offense is king. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there are some good, like Jalen Ramsey. In I was thinking about this yesterday as I watched him play dominant football, um, or two days ago, and uh, I was just thinking how thirty years ago he would not be playing corner. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, it's, it's 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 interesting. We get the odd freak that will play, you know, DB or or anywhere on the defense, and uh, that shouldn't be. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. play some offensive stuff. Sorry, I'm watching EMU trying to upset Indiana. <laughs> down by two um <laughs> yeah no no definitely i i totally agree with you that we keep hearing it but it's gonna have to happen eventually it's gonna happen i hope so um okay my my final best sophomore uh again a nod to the mac marquez cooper the kent state running back yeah who you you can't help but think of dre archer as you watch him <laughs> so true he in that shootout with niu he just he had that 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 first or that the second touchdown run where he just looks so smooth laterally. He's a little guy. He's like five seven, one eighty. 
but he's so explosive and just fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be an interesting back with the way the NFL has gone in wanting these kind of more change of pace, uh, treat Cohen-esque runners who can also impact the passing game. I'd like to see him do more in that in that regard, but he's a really fun player. Speaking of Tariq Cohen, I miss watching him play football, but... Me too. I, I keep thinking of picking him up in all my fantasy leagues. <laughs> Not ours. I cut him. Um, speaking of that shootout, Rob, weekday warrior, I, I cannot not call both Rocky Lombardi and Dustin Crum weekday warriors. Um, there, I, I feel like uh, it, there was so many Mac guys you yeah. could pick for this. Yeah, I know. Because obviously there was six Mac games. Like Hassan... B, I can't even say his last name. Bidun? B- yeah, yeah. Bidon? Yeah, yeah. Hassan Bidon, the Eastern Michigan receiver who had 12 catches, 197 <laughs> yards, and two touchdowns against Toledo. And and he had 11 of those catches in like the first two quarters and the first minute of the third quarter. There was so um, many great I – I had a hard time choosing, but I'm like, for pure content, it's got to be Rocky and the Crumb. You know, like <laughs> Lombardi threw for 532 and three touchdowns and looked like legit good doing it. And Dustin Crumb was just Dustin Crumb, baby. He threw for over 300 yards, no picks, two touchdowns, and had a sick touchdown run and, and another touchdown run and 72 yards on the ground. It was a fun, fun football game with them two dueling it out. It, it was. And, and, hey, the, I, circling back to my Eastern Michigan-Toledo game, Brian Kobeck on the other mm-hmm. side at running back, Matt Landers at receiver, and then you got Bedon making, like, one-handed catches through contact and, and and I don't know. There's just a lot all of a sudden the Max an offensive league and we live for it. I think uh, I, also I, hey ben, ben Bryant made a couple throws where it's like He did. And he's the Cincinnati transfer so He did. No, he definitely did. Which transitions perfectly to my number one weekday warrior, Cincinnati running back transfer, Tavion Thomas. Uh, he he he's Utah's Utah brought in a lot of running backs. Mm-hmm. Tavion Thomas wasn't one of the ones getting as much hype as uh, Curry from LSU, TJ Pleasure yeah. from Oklahoma. Um, but Tavion Thomas has kind of been that dude for them this year. Uh, and it's it's his his job now. He ran for 177 yards and four touchdowns against Stanford. He had uh, like three of those touchdowns in the first half. And Stanford could not stop him. He's, he's a violent runner who who's kind of got a bit of an upright style um but he fits like the tone you look for he's he's um he's 62 220 well but he he fits like what the utah style of running back has been mm-hmm. like the zach moss where it's just like ridiculous contact balance and then he he's so leggy he gets in the open field and he doesn't look like he's fast but he's eating up ground um and guys were just bouncing off his legs. He was really, really exciting in that game. Um, that wasn't much of a game, but I really enjoyed watching Utah. Uh, fair enough. I did not stay up. I, I, I didn't respect it this week. Um, but I did watch that first Friday game, Rob. And you know who I always enjoy watching? is 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 uh, The Eagles is Pat Garwo. They're running back. They're short, stocky running back. He was a redshirt sophomore. He's listed at 5'8", 214. I swear he's bigger than that. I think I've said that before on the show, but I swear he's bigger than that. He He's just a gosh darn bowling ball, Rob. He had 30 carries for 116 yards, so that average isn't great. But, like, they just lean on him. He had a touchdown. He's got, like, some slashy juice. I just love watching, like, big round runners. And he's a lot of fun. And he runs hard. Uh, contact balance pretty good. Breaks some arm tackles. Like, 
runs pretty violently. I like Pat Garo. He just seems like a like a get her done thick back. You love Boston College. I do love my Eagles. Fly Eagles fly. Uh, Do you have anybody else or do you want to move on? No, let's move on. By the way, Indiana wins. Um, But they didn't on Saturday, am I right? You are right, buddy. Uh, Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Anyone in the Big Ten at this point is impressive to me just with what Purdue is doing to the top teams and and Ohio State struggling with the Cornhuskers. But, hey, Scott Froster earned his – fourth year at nebraska or whatever speaking of not scott frost but the boilermakers yeah i gave david bell offensive prospect of the week I, once again i did i did too so now in in their upset of number two iowa and their upset of number three michigan state he topped 200 yards in both games he's uncoverable he ended up with 11 for 217 to score against michigan state uh he also in my opinion should have had that other touchdown mm-hmm. but uh the catch rules still confusing for everyone Okay. It just felt like every time the ball was in the air, he was coming down with it. Um, and the other thing is, he he is not that I didn't think he was good after the catch, but mm-hmm. some of the yak plays he's making, like the one that tossed really stood the dude. out to me, yeah, is when he tossed the dude on the sideline and he, he tippy toed to yeah. stay in bounds. Like that was that was ridiculous, and it, it was just a lot of it. It wasn't just like the contested catches we've seen from him. Uh, it, it was. The yak plays that just blew me away. Like he had that other one in the fourth the spin quarter. Move. Where, yeah, where they threw deep and it, it just the 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 instincts and the contact balance to make that play. I think just ridiculous. I think David Bell's just so well rounded. Honestly, I think he's just really complete. Maybe he's not like like an overly stud athlete or anything, but like I thought watching this game too, I thought his releases were pretty well, unreal. So what I was going to say to you is we're pretty consistently seeing people say the top four receiver prospects. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're pretty consistently seeing people say the top four receiver prospects are uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and Drake London. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what people see in Drake London that they don't see in David Bell. Because to me, I know David Bell's not – like the, the same size, yeah. but he's that contested catch physical receiver who just dominates 50-50 balls. I don't know. I just think David Bell, now this isn't like final eval stuff, but I just think David Bell has been as impressive a college player as Drake London. I think he's better if, than Drake if, London. If not more, because I think he's yeah. a better player because of the way he's doing it. Yep. And like if, if you – Gun to my head, Bolitnikov winner. I think it should be David Bell because of what he's done in these massive games for Purdue. Hey, hey. He's... why stop there, Rob? Give me one good reason Yo. why David Bell shouldn't win the Heisman. Okay. Yep, I'm with you. Although <laughs> Akron's kick returner just had a touchdown, and I'm going to argue him for okay, that. Okay, I'm fine with that too. I think that's one and two. But I mean, like, no one is doing more against the top competition than David Bell, and that's a fact. That's a fact. Big time agree. I think he's just so well-rounded, man. Like I think he's firmly uh, – right now, I think he's a second-round guy. Um, you take him and you stick him. At, maybe, he's, maybe he's not your wide receiver one, but he's your wide receiver two and he's there for a decade and he's a fan favorite and everyone loves him and he just does everything kind of well is what I think of David Bell. Yeah, I, 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 he, he screams going like outside of the top 50 and having an instant impact and landing in a spot where you're like, oh, this team – is so smart. They always develop players well, and this is the next one. 
Yeah, or or I could even see him being like like Chicago, where they never got a good wide receiver, but uh, he's the guy. Or I guess I mean A Rob's great, but you know what I mean. It never works out fully there, but and he's he's just like he's Bernard Barry in two point but not like him at all. But you're gonna love him. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, more interesting conversation because it was pretty impossible to not pick um, David Bell for yeah for offense. Uh, who, who's your defensive, best defensive prospect of the week? I struggled. I struggled. So I, uh, I didn't cheat, but I, uh, I, I lacked creativity with my answer here. Uh, I went back to the well with, uh, old Hutch, Aiden Hutchinson. Originally had him for outplay the box score because five tackles, no sacks or anything. Bunch of quarterback hurries though. But I think it was just another dominant week from him. <laughs> and like I said, didn't rack up the sacks. But you watch him, and it's, it's I don't know, he needs three guys to block him at this point. Uh, if not, he's getting into the backfield and fast. I think he's just so complete. Like, like Bell is I think he's pretty well-rounded. I think Aiden Hutchinson is just complete right now. He's doing everything so well. Like, he's, he's you know, he's got the size. He's got the get-off. He's got the quickness. He's got the ability to play the run. He's putting rush moves together, and he's putting up the numbers. I don't know what else you want Aiden Hutchinson to do right now. Um, I, I feel like it, it's pretty impossible uh, to look at what he's done this year and not just, I, I don't know, I feel like we're, we're ignoring the fact he's coming off such a big injury and it just has yeah. not slowed him. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who I think has, at this point, must have the best stat line in the country. Uh, again, you had to stay up Friday night to watch him. Devin Lloyd and Devin Lloyd is ridiculous. It's every every time I watch a Utah game, he'll like finish with an absurd amount of tackles for loss and like it, it's it's it, this. I think this was his best game of the year. So nine tackles, five TFLs, a sack, a ridiculous pick six. Did you see the pick six? I did. Yeah. Like so, for those who didn't, Stanford's at like their goal line and. Uh, uh, was it Tanner McKee or Jack West? It was Jack West. Jack West tries to like throw a quick slant. And Devin Lloyd's like engaged with the, the lineman and just jumps up and snags, <laughs> snags what normally would be a batted ball and, and just waltzes into the end zone like it's nothing. Um, and I mean, Stanford's bread and butter has always been running the football and they just couldn't against Utah. And it was because Devin Lloyd was going sideline to sideline, shooting gaps in the backfield, constantly wreaking havoc. He's... You know what it kind of reminds me of, what he's doing, and it's getting less attention because he's not doing it in the SEC and he's doing it in the Pac-12? I don't enjoy watching it, Utah, so I understand why, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's reminding me a lot of Devin White's final year at LSU where it was just like every week ridiculous stat line, doing insane yeah. things. They're both named Devin too, so this could go back to my Denzel Burke, Denzel Ward thing maybe, but it's... I don't know. In our mock, we, we had him as the first linebacker off the board, and he he's done everything to deserve that this year. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I I'm just not tuning into Utes games, but if I and I I, I know I would have picked him honestly because I know what he did. and I saw like the highlights and stuff, but I felt dirty not watching that game and then putting him here for defensive player of the week. Um, and, and for 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 context, nine games on the season, Devin Lloyd has 81 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, <laughs> six sacks, and three picks. Is the TFL's tops in the country? You know, it must be. It has to be right. He has forty TFLs in three years as an off-ball linebacker. Off, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I love Devin Lloyd, and and I was too low on him entering the year, and I I was I, even lower. So I, I'm going the opposite way. I absolutely love watching him. I I'm a 
Put Utah in the playoff. I hope Utah wins the Pac-12. <laughs> I like them. The Pac-12 is so hard to watch right now. Nah, Cam Rising, that's my spot, or my transfer who popped. Okay, sick. We'll get there in a bit, Rob. I'll do horses. Uh, okay. Okay, let's, let, let's move to shooting off the board where my first question to you is, is Sam Hartman the quarterback prospect that, like, we've been trying to find quarterback prospects out of names we know yeah. who just, I, I don't know, I just feel like we're digging for anything at this point <laughs> outside of kind of like Matt Corral and Malik Willis who more on Malik Willis in a bit, but is Sam Hartman the guy we've been looking for? What do you think? I don't know. I don't think any of these guys are the guys we've been looking for. I was gonna throw. I, I, I was gonna throw another name at you to a way lesser extent, but I'll, I'll do it in a second. Because I just want to say, like, you watch Sam Hartman versus Sam Howell, yeah. and, and, and though it wasn't the most efficient game, seven touchdowns, almost four hundred passing yards, um, going toe to toe. Obviously, Wake lost. It was won, upset, but yeah. like, if you watch Howell and, and then you watch Hartman, like Hartman to me looked like the NFL quarterback. Yeah, no, I I agree. Howell's not very fun, and Hartman was extremely. Like, he didn't. He completed under fifty percent of his passes and threw a couple of picks. But no, I totally agree. I I put his top two receivers here too because they impressed the hell out of me in At Perry and Jaquari Robinson. Oh, Roberson, sorry. They were there. I thought they were both phenomenal. I put them for shooting off the board. Um, I don't know. Hartman's gonna be fun to sit down and really dig into, though. Yeah, no, I and I don't. Th- I, I I'm pretty sure he's. Technically a sophomore still. I don't think he's. Uh, so I don't think he's coming out, but I appreciate sure it. Was he like a fourth year sophomore? I, think, I don't I understand anything anymore. Yeah, I hate it. Um, can, I, can, can I throw a quarterback name at you? Yeah. And it, it's way too soon. But I'm like, at what point does Aiden O'Connell start getting some respect? Yeah, he's the big game king. He, he slays the monsters. He's big game O'Connell. Like, he threw for 536, three touchdowns. 40 for 54. It's not just David. Like David Bell's ridiculous, obviously. But he's getting the ball to him. He's making some really nice throws. What do you... I, th- yeah, why... Uh, I mean, I, I, I'd i have to sit down. And, but uh, <laughs> at this point in this class, we're, lo- we're looking for anything at the fucking quarterback he's a, position. He's a senior. I'm just saying. Like, I think his name's got to be... Throw him in the senior bowl. No, he'll be at the he'll be at the uh, shrine game. game, and we'll fall in love with him. <laughs> he's playing really well. I mean, he, he's got like a he, he spins it pretty good. I thought like not like any big time trait, but just putting the ball there. I think he's got some nice touch throws. I, I see the ripping those to David Bell. I don't mm-hmm. know in this shitty class. Uh, why not him for like a late round, dude? I like it. I like it. I mean, we're grasping at straws. <laughs> we are. Here, right? We are. Um, you know. Who made Malik Willis's day hell on Saturday? Who's that? Ole Miss pass rusher Sam Williams. Yeah, he ate that. Like Liberty's offensive line got eaten alive, <laughs> and Sam Williams was doing a lot of it. Uh, he ended up with um, two sacks, uh, a couple, a couple hurries, mm-hmm. and he's he he's been a, a quality starter for them the last couple of years. But he's blown up this year. He he's like. Second in the SEC in sacks, I believe. 6'4", 265, but he's got bend. He's got yeah. speed around the corner. He runs that arc. And that's a guy I really want to dive into more because just he, he looked like a, a Sunday player mm-hmm. on that on that field uh, on a, uh, against a bunch of guys who probably won't be Sunday <laughs> players. And you could see just there's a stark difference in his athleticism compared to everybody else on the field. Yeah, no, I, I've definitely liked what I've seen from him in 
you know, he's had his moments and his big flashes, and he's had a really good year, like you just said. Um, but yeah, like, he, like he's a senior, so yeah, p- potential senior bowl guy. Yeah, no, I think like he feels like one of those day three guys that you're gonna like at at the edge, you know. Um, I'm gonna give you a guaranteed senior bowl guy, and a guy that we're Rob, still not talking really? about enough, Rob. Okay, okay, I know who it is. Who is it? Is it JoJo Doman? No, that's so random. <laughs> no. Oh, what Matt Nagy would not so or sorry Matt Nagy. <laughs> Jim Nagy would not stop tweeting about him. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> and I I have him because he was incredible against Ohio State. No, no. <laughs> no, this guy's better than, than him. Uh, Zion Johnson, man, he's just back to being a dude. And it's week in, week out. He's been great. Know. Jim Nagy hasn't tweeted about him that much. I know. Yet. I know. He, we should be. He's underappreciated because he had all. we talked about it before. He had all the hype going to last year. He looked bad at tackle. It's fine. He's back at guard and he's kicking ass. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do worry that he'll end up at the senior bowl and they'll like make him play no. tackle and they'll have a bad week. And then like, don't say that. Don't say that. And then the, the Steelers will get him in the third round. I'm pretty worried. Yeah. That'd be great for Pittsburgh. I mean, he seems like a Pittsburgh guy. I don't know why, but he just does. Uh, okay. Now let me talk about Jojo Doman. <laughs> Jojo Doman was everywhere against Ohio state. He had, um, on the Buckeyes, one of their early drives, uh, in the red zone. Um, CJ Stroud rolled out and tried to force one uh, on a comeback route um, inside the 10. And, and Doman just looked like a corner the way he clicked and closed and attacked the ball, came away with it. And he was flying everywhere. And he, he's one of those guys who plays kind of that overhang mm-hmm. role where he's fi- as physical as a linebacker, but he's got enough athleticism to, to get away with kind of um, covering the flats. And, and he, he's not the biggest guy, but he's like still 6'1", like 220-ish or whatever. Um, I actually saw Nagy say he's a more athletic Drew Tranquil, so you you best believe I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely love him. Is it possible to be more athletic than Drew Tranquil? I don't think so. Drew Tranquil like tested incredibly. He so did. I thought that was like a pretty big statement, but th- here we are. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm gonna give you someone that I don't know why they're not getting. I feel like they're not getting enough credit, and I don't know why. And it's Jamison Williams because he has had a fantastic year. He's an Alabama wide receiver, and I don't know why he's not getting more hype because all he does is go out and have massive games and run really fucking fast. Ten catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown against LSU. I don't know why he's not he, getting the credit up. He's currently 14th in the country in receiving yards. He also had more yards against LSU than he had all of last year as an Ohio State <laughs> receiver. Um, no, he he he's a guy who who's done in my eyes done more for himself than pretty much anyone in the country. Cause when he, yeah. when he left Ohio state and transferred, it was kind of like, Oh, what? Like, why are you transferring from this great receiver room to get buried at another one to get buried at another one? And he's stepped up and, and he's been far more impressive than John Mechie. All 100%. Season. Yeah. Totally and Mechie's a guy who people as his top five receiver entering the re- entering the season. Yep. Totally agree. Um, okay. I got to give you, my favorite receiver in the country, who obviously is a Maction player. And I talk, I talked about him live while he was doing this last week. Khalid Pimpleton, one of the best Maction performances in the history of the Mac mm-hmm. for Central Michigan against Western. Um, not only did he have five catches for 115 yards and a score, where he looked like a, a very fluid and dynamic Deontay Johnson, Antonio Brown-esque Mac playmaker, yeah, but he had two punt return touchdowns, a 70 yarder and 97 yarder. 
The 97-yarder coming when Western Michigan punted with just a couple seconds left in the half, and he housed it. About uh, as impressive of a punt return as you'll see. He he, I thought he was the maybe the best playmaker I saw all of last week. I I I know he came out of nowhere, and he's playing at Central, and it's like, <laughs> how good could he actually be? He. Just the play speed yeah. and the fluidity. I don't know. Like, Khalil Pimpleton's got it, man. I put him for small school guy, and I put him there alone because I felt like he deserved to be in a category alone. You know what I mean? W- worth mentioning, too. Two years ago, he had 800-ish yards. I remember like, him he, He's a been ago. a productive yeah. – yeah, he's been a very productive guy. This is his third straight game with over 100 yards. Uh, and then not to mention the punt return ability. 5'9", mm-hmm. 175. Uh, I, I believe uh, technically a junior. I, I just, I'm telling you, name to watch. Dynamic as hell. No, I, I totally agree. Um, okay, uh, before, I got a couple wide receivers. I already mentioned a couple, but before I do receivers, I want to give Hassan Haskins, Michigan's running back, some credit because I feel like we haven't really talked about him as a prospect, but he's been pretty fantastic. And obviously, Blake Corum's been great. Corum got hurt early in this game, so it was all Haskins, and he put up 168 yards on 27 carries, a touchdown. He's 6'1, 220, so he's got prime NFL size. I think it's going to be a very good running back, too, who can do the goal line stuff at worst. At worst. I think, at best, he can be like a in, in the rotation there as a 1B. Like I think he's a good back, good vision, some juice. He hurdles, dude, and it's really, really fun. Um, I think Haskins is legit, and we haven't talked about him too much, so I just wanted to give him some credit. You're just pumping up Michigan players because no one else is doing it? It's not, it's not even true. You, should, you know me. I'm usually not going to mention Michigan guys. And and now you're ranked in the top 10. So and have I have to. to. Yeah, I have to. And the Big Ten East is ours for the taking, and that's all i got to say. Um, okay, my my last guy is Kenyon Green because mm-hmm. that Auburn-Texas A&M game sucked for the most part. Yeah, it did. Uh, but Kenyon Green, once again, was just dominating the point of attack and that, that's an SEC defensive line. And the way he moves guys with such ease. And I thought it was one of the best rushing performance Texas A&M's had all year. Um, they ended up with 217 yards on the ground. And that Auburn defense has played well yeah. this year. That Auburn defense is the re- – like, they have Bo Nix at quarterback. That defense is the reason they've been ranked and, and mattered. And, uh, you know, I just – I don't know. I don't see how he doesn't end up being like a top 10 dude at the end of the day. I feel like Kenyon Green is, I mean, obviously he's an easy guard prospect, but like, I think he's like the best offensive line prospect in a long time that I can remember that isn't getting any credit like in the season. You know what I mean? Like, you always have the hipsters and the offensive line people be like, you know, keep an eye out for, you know, when when Nelson was at Notre Dame, like he was just, every week it was like, you got to watch him, you got to watch him, you got to watch him. I'm not saying Kenyon Green's that level. But he's very fucking good, and it feels like no one mentions him on Twitter when you watch, you know, you're, you're on your phone on Saturdays, watch college I football. Feel that, I feel that way about DeMarvin Leal at this point, too. Like, yeah, definitely. They, they, they both just fly under the radar because, I don't know, Texas A&M's not very fun to they watch, not. to be honest. They're not, but I think both of them are doing a lot for their teams and going a long way to, to winning those that team games. Um, without them, I think they'd be completely irrelevant. Um, okay, I'll mention a couple of receivers. So I mentioned Perry and Robinson, uh, Robertson from uh, from Wake. I thought Tyquan Thornton from Baylor stole the show kind of uh, in that TCU upset. Bigger dude. He's not overly – like I don't think he's overly athletic, but I had 121 yards, two TDs. Really nice game, and I kind of like what I see. He's like 
He's a little bit in the Mims mold, but not as athletic. He's probably like a, a late day three kind of dude at best, but he's playing really well. And I don't know if you're going to mention him anywhere else, but I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't mention, I'm sure you're going to, Samori Torres' game against Ohio yeah. State. Uh, I, I ended up putting him, I, I was going to put him, I, I was debating him and Tavion Thomas for transferring yeah. Pop. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to do Thomas for Warrior. So I got I got Torre for Pop because just the, the, the speed yeah. is ridiculous. And, like, he's been very good all year. I think he's averaging, let me just confirm it, but it's like 20-something yards a catch. He's averaging 22.4 a catch and has over 700 yards. Like, he has been as dynamic as, as anyone not on Ohio State in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, it, no, no and, and not on Purdue. Sorry, I should say. <laughs> no, <too>. yeah, <laughs> no. He's. It's not like this is just like, oh, this is his first good game. He's been. He's been putting together a really, really good season. And I had him originally for transfer. I moved him off because it's not technically his first year there. But um, no, he's been. He's been fantastic. I, I think he was. He was a dude this week. Uh, okay, moving to the bad stuff. Yeah. Um. We got to start with Malik Willis. I have a short list, but a lot to talk about because of Malik Willis. Um, yeah, Malik Willis throws for 173, three picks, runs for 71, but averages like two yards a carry and a touchdown uh, against Ole Miss. Uh, they don't even cover. Um, I told you. They couldn't do anything for most of that game. Uh, the interceptions, the the final one was brutal, um, and it didn't actually matter, but it did matter for the cover. It, it did. Uh, it was I was so afraid of that shit backdoor cover. It was. It was in the red zone, and uh, he just. I don't know. What, like I can't even assume what he was doing. Um, I don't know. He the, the the first one was kind of a late throw, but it was a little bit on the receiver. Um, yeah, that was a weird play by the. Corner it, it, it was like it wasn't a great play by Malik Willis, but. It, it wasn't just all on him. The second interception is what killed me. I think that's the worst. Uh, one. They were, yeah. they were, yes, they were down. In, yeah, because really the third one didn't actually matter. Just chucked it up. But those four rebels there and no flames. So I don't know yeah. what the hell he was doing. So down seventeen, nothing. Uh, a couple minutes left in the second quarter. Drops back. The receivers like, I, I guess he's trying to hit hit the uh, the honey hole, but like on the wheel, yeah. It w- it wasn't there at all. Like, the safety was clearly standing there. He didn't see him. And he just didn't see him, and it was just easy money interception. Um, it wasn't even like, know, like he just like, really lofted Like, did he think he's like, ah, oh, here's the touchdown, go Flames, yeah. and he just lobbed it up, and the, the corner, uh, the safety was just standing and, and, there. And the Old Miss defense did such a good job bottling him up in the run game yeah. that, like, he couldn't lean on that when when the, the poor kind of decision-making timing was there as a passer. Uh, I still believe he's going to end up going in the first round. Probably. Uh, I don't. I kind of think him and Matt Corral both will, and I kind of think not a lot of people are going to have first round grades on them, and it'll just be like I don't know. Like for, Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel can go in the first round. Matt Corral and Malik Willis are a lot better than that. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't like this. Isn't the year to draft a quarterback? That's the that's what it comes down to, and it, it comes down to that. Um, like. Even past those guys, like, I don't know if there's any quarterback I'd want to hitch my wagon to on day two either. Can he pick it? 
Well, I, like I even I put Anthony Brown and Phil Dracovic for sliding down too. Just well, poor Dracovic. People are looking, He's hurt, man. Yeah, yeah. People are looking. People are just kind of looking for anything yeah. at this point. Yeah, Anthony Brown hasn't and, had that. And, 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 and like Anthony Brown, like. He's, they're winning games, but like, he did not look very good as a passer no. against Washington. His legs are the difference for them, but like, he's not looking like an NFL guy. No, Jakovic looked god awful. Oh my god, uh, he's got a broken finger, Rob. Yeah, like he can't throw. Like clearly, but he was um, it was a warrior. All those like he kept diving for first oh downs. Oh my god, I get it. You love Boston College. Uh, him and Zay Flowers got nothing done no. in that game. I'll have Flowers later. Um, going back to Willis quickly. It's kind of funny seeing the, the talk about him on Twitter because almost like the college football talk because like I feel like no one's watching Liberty games for obvious reasons. Almost like they came away impressed with Willis because you they, they saw the talent. But I'm like, from a perspective, this was a terrible game. And yeah, you do, you know, you, you saw the athleticism. You know, like that one throw where he escaped and rolled at, uh, rolled to his right and hit the guy deep sideline. That was sweet. There was a couple nice throws, but overall, just a terrible performance from Malik Willis. Yeah, especially because this was the big prove it chance. Yeah. Like, but I, I, and it was it, it felt like pretty immediately they weren't in it because obviously Jiron <laughs> Ely yeah. takes it seventy yards like in, right away. But uh, like I don't know, they just couldn't move the ball and it just n- never felt like they were going to get back in it despite no. having a potential first round quarterback. No, and I mean. I feel like the other small school first round quarterbacks have elevated their teams more. I mean, like I guess Josh Allen comes to mind, but even him, like they were making, I don't know. I guess I guess Allen is the, the the example there, right? Where the team around him was pretty shit. You saw him struggle mightily. He got killed in the process, obviously, but the talent was there, and it worked out. But I don't think, obviously, I'm not saying Malik Willis is that level of prospect. I don't think he is. I think he's not far off like coming into the draft, but. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting when you really dig into the tape and just, you know, like his pro day is going to be, you know. Oh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun, but it's also going to be super annoying, I'm sure, from the, from for us. Big, but. big time. Um, okay, I, I only have three more guys, and they're all packed 12 defenders. <laughs> Come on. Okay, let's hear it. Thomas Booker. Um, in a week into your defensive line class, yeah. Thomas Booker was a guy I really enjoyed over the summer. Yeah. And I, I, I have like I, it, not a guy that I like made up the hype for. Like other people are in on Thomas Booker. People have talked about him this year. Yeah, they could not stop the run. Like it, they got it run down their throats. And Thomas Booker made such a little impact. Um, like I still like him, and I think he's a, a solid day three guy. A guy who can play five tech, can play some three tech for you, and, and has some underrated twitch. But uh, he was just disappeared in this game to me. Um, and then from the Washington game, sticking on the interior D line, like Oregon just leaned on Travis Dye to win that game, and Tully Latuli Gessignon, I that was so wrong. Tully, big Tully, who was another guy who people kind of wanted to to mm-hmm. prop up as hopefully this guy can be a difference maker on the interior defensive line in this class. Uh, he just d- didn't look very good either. Like he couldn't anchor down against the the Oregon uh, offensive line and you're just getting washed out of plays and yeah you know interior D-line not looking great no um, once again yeah and uh sticking on that Washington defense in his second game back now it's hard hard to kill him he he Zion to ZTF yeah. ZTF, sorry, yeah. ZTF tore his Achilles like several months ago. Yeah. Got back for the Arizona game. Played decent given yeah. the circumstances. Uh, against Oregon, he just 
he looked a touch slow. He he had he had one good pressure where um, he got underneath and, and like he saw the hands. You saw a nice uh, rip and dip, but uh, he couldn't finish. Anthony Brown escaped the pocket, um, and I just thought he looked kind of slow and was late to things in the run game. And I think he's gonna a guy who I thought had first round potential yeah. based off his dominant three games uh, last year as a sophomore. Um, and now, once again, as a sophomore, I think he's going to have to go back and like get back to health uh, before yeah. declaring. Because you know he has it. It's just going to take some time to get it back. Even just, I, did, I thought he was done for the year. I mean, even just coming back yeah, to it's, play. it's wild that he came back. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And like you said, he was pretty solid last week. Uh, like as, as good as you could ever hope for, for coming off that injury and his first game back. But no, t- I t- totally fair. Um, I'll give you two. Uh, first and foremost, I guess, Brian Robinson showed – Nothing against LSU, like eighteen yards on thirteen carries, had a touchdown. I you hate Brian. Robinson. I do hate Brian Robinson, and the old heads of of draft Twitter are still pumping his pumping him up, and it's I don't get it. He's fine. He's the least inspiring Bama running back in ages, though. Like, uh, come on. I think I hate. Honestly, I think I kind of hate this Bama team. I, I I want them to miss the playoffs. Anyways. I'll give you another one. I know he's not very good, but he, another guy that's getting weird hype, and I think it's more college football and on the broadcast, but Peyton Hendershot is not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's been getting weird hype for like four years. I know, but it, I, I'm like, okay, he, he's done nothing this year. I thought it was done, but he's still getting it. So I just wanted to make the point, Peyton Hendershot is not good. If, if Peyton Hendershot was as good as people pretend he is, he would have declared in one of these past three years. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was, I was, I had other guys here. that I moved to other spots, so I'll get to them later. So I want to add him because I'm like, he's not good. I don't know why, why we're talking about him still. Uh, are you, are you done? Uh, I'm done. Can we move on? Yeah. Let's okay. Do perfect. It. My out of nowhere prospect is Hendon Hooker. Okay, I, I respect that. Let's talk about this. So. We've again, we've been grasping at straws for any quarterback to to kind of yep. at least like have a crush. Like, I, do you have a crush on any of the quarterbacks in this class? Even like Phil Dracovic, obviously, but that's not him. <laughs> no, no one else. No one else. Um. So obviously, at the beginning of the year, Hendon Hooker was Joe Milton's backup. Yeah, just think how uh, easily this could have been Joe Milton, and you're out of nowhere right now. And Hendon Hooker has sparked this team since he came in and, yes. and kind of took over the starting job. Uh, I guess he could have been my transfer to pop, too. Um, we saw some some talent at Virginia Tech, but now in Josh Hupel's offense, he is dynamic. Against Kentucky, I, I, I thought his arm looked... At one point, he threw a touchdown down the left sideline uh, on a deep ball, and the, the way he spun it, for a half second, I thought it was Joe Milton throwing it. <laughs> but then I, then I realized it would have been 15 yards over his head if it were. But, yeah, his other three touchdowns came on screens. But, like, he just operates his offense really well. He, he, he's he got a quick release. He's got arm talent. He moves very well. He's been extremely efficient this year. He's 6'4", 218. Yeah. Like, I, and, and I believe he's got one more year of eligibility, I hope. And... Uh, I don't know. I just think he's an interesting guy to keep an eye on in this Josh Hupel offense. Tennessee's like Tennessee. As much as like we all hated the Josh Hupel hire, and like Tennessee's not like great or anything. They're five and four, but they just upset Kentucky, and they've played pretty well. They're fun at bare minimum. Rob, I I know exactly what you're doing here. They play Georgia this week, so if Hendon Hooker comes out and has a game against the Bulldogs, 
you're trying to predict your shot early and you're going to be yeah. b- blowing yourself. I didn't mean to say that, but blowing yourself on this show next week. And if he, if he goes out and stinks it up, you'll never mention this again. Poker for Heisman. <laughs> um, Rob, you're going to fucking hate me, but I'm going back to Boston College, okay? <laughs> I don't know why I like this team so much. But no, this is a guy that's not quite out of nowhere because every time I watch a Boston College game, he balls. But he's fun. I think... I think when you sit down, you're going to like this guy. It's Josh DeBerry. I'd already like him. You do love Josh DeBerry. He's a good football player, Rob. We've heard. Yeah, but (laughs) do you not want me to talk about him? I don't have to. No, I'm kidding. It was a good game Friday night. You watched it. You saw it. Uh, Five tackles, a sack, two TFLs. uh, Had a pass breakup, too. Um, had one play where his man went in motion from the slot. Got the jet sweep. He came all the way across the field to make a sweet tackle where he tried to, like, leap inside of him and he wrangled him down it was sick uh had the sack like i just mentioned too it just timed it well came through the the b gap uh got to the quarterback who burmeister went out early so that was kind of not fun uh pbu he's just really versatile i I think he's gonna find a home at nickel but you can kind of stick him anywhere in the secondary and he's just a dude that plays hard and he's always around the ball and he can do a little bit of everything it's the guy i want on my team and he's on my team but i want him on my nfl team too uh, prospect who made me look stupid. I'm going back to that quarterback well. A quarterback I wanted to attach myself to. Um, and I, w- I was ready for him to blow up a-, a little bit in front of the world on Maction, on Maction weeknight. And I just thought Caleb Ellaby was very... Pedestrian. That's a perfect word. Against West, or against Central Michigan. And um, he needed to try and yeah. kind of carry them and bring them back. And he couldn't. And Daniel Richardson, though inefficient was way more exciting to watch. Well, that's not um, surprising. The GOAT. Uh, now, LLB right now, Akron Western Michigan actually just went to halftime. I love that. Like I'm talking about a game from a week ago, and he's playing already. <laughs> um, and, and he's 6 of 8 for 84 and a touchdown. But, I, again, it's like they're leaning on the run game. It's a lot of layup throws for him. It's, I, I, I like Caleb LLB a lot, but there's no way he's coming out. It's kind of my, my take here. Yeah, he, he had a great chance to seize – the weak class, and he has not done anything with it. No, like he's been very good, a very good Mac quarterback, yeah. but he's he's just yeah, he's not a, he's not taking that NFL leap. Some people, including myself, were hoping for. But like, even if you were to like you know show someone who doesn't watch uh, too much college football, maybe they're an NFL fan, and you sit them down, and you made them watch every second of Maction last week, and you said, okay, who who's supposed to be the best oh, yeah. quarterback in this There's in this no conference? Way. They wouldn't have pointed to Caleb Ellaby. No, they would have. Point to Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> or the crumb, baby. Um, ben Bryant. Prospect who made me look stupid, Rob. Guess where I'm going? Boston College. Boston College, unfortunately. And it's a Flowers. Um, yeah. We toppled Jerkovic already. It's his first game back. Got to give him some, some – you got to give him some leeway, Rob. I can't believe you did that to me. Uh, but, yeah, he completed like seven passes. Uh, three of them were to Flowers for 55 yards. Uh, but Flowers, that's a couple really, really bad drops. The other one were like – he did this weird jump that he didn't have to jump, and it just went right through his hands. I don't know what the fuck that was. Like, the big play factor is still there. Like you, you see him moving like really well. It's still, the routes are pretty nice, but he has not been that top 100 potential guy that I thought he looked like. Um, I think we both did. I think we both did. Yeah, but I didn't want to. I was going to take this bullet by myself. Um, yeah, that, I thought he was going to make a leap and be you know like a like a third uh, day three. I'm sorry, a third round guy. I still love him, but I think he goes back and Dracova goes back and they'll they all have a they when they see next year. 
my best prospect versus prospect matchup was uh, two guys who, though on opposite sides, didn't necessarily match up with each other. It was just kind of these are the two prospects you were tuning in to watch for the most part. And they both had their ups and downs, and I just thought it was really entertaining. Uh, Wandell Robinson in Alante Taylor. Um, Wandell Robinson had 13 catches, 166 yards, and touchdown. Uh, he had a couple drops, though, that were pretty bad and would have gone for first downs when Kentucky needed them. Um, his touchdown was awesome, though, the way he high-pointed the ball through with a, a defender underneath and over top of him. Um, and, and he once again looked dynamic as a route runner. I'm really excited for Wondell Robinson. Other side, Alante Taylor, a guy who I, 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 I kind of questioned a couple of weeks yeah. ago. He, he had, um, on the quick out, Will Levis tried to throw a quick out to Wondell Robinson, and Alante Taylor's closing speed to attack the ball, he had a pick six. It, it, it was awesome. And I thought for the most part, um, Alante Taylor kind of gave up nothing. It was Robinson and uh, Ali, the other Kentucky receiver, both had pretty strong games. But generally, it was not against Alante Taylor. Uh, I just think they're both really fun to watch. It's funny how quickly Will Levis's name came into the lexicon and then immediately left. It. I think it's I think it's gonna be back. He played pretty well against yeah. Tennessee, and we're grasping for quarterbacks now. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, I just said Malik Willis versus Matt Corral, but we have to talk about Willis at nauseum. But we haven't talked about Matt Corral. What do you think of Matt Corral? It wasn't like one of his super super dynamic games, but it didn't need to be. Um, he had a couple big time throws. He's also still banged up. Too, yeah, right? I'm happy they didn't run him like dum dums. Yeah, I think it, it kind of felt like they got up quick. Yeah, and they knew they could kind of control the game and not have to ask easy. him to do too too much. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like there's nothing to really bang him on. What a disappointing. I mean, I guess the Willis being bad was good for our content too. But what a disappointing game. I mean, overall, and I kind of had the yeah. feeling going in. I'm not gonna lie. Ole Miss, I mean, there's just so much more talented than Liberty is. And just, I mean, all this game, all these, all the scouts in attendance, like half the league was there, I think, if not more. And uh, just really, really nothing from either of them. Like, Corral was fine. Like, he's not bad in the least. I'm just nothing to write home about. Um, prospect to play the box score. I'm going with Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, three tackles and a half a TFL against Washington. I thought he looked really disruptive and they were moving him up and down the line. They've got him in because when he's outside they they would put two or three guys on him so they put him inside sometimes and he'd get a one-on-one with the guard and he'd need him and morris would just have to kind of throw it away and he he got a couple pressures doing that um and he looked really good against the run game as he always does and it just didn't feel like because his stats weren't that great he just didn't feel like he got talked about very much did you see the daniel jeremiah tweet today that said um one of his scouting buddies texted him and said uh, last year's class would have had 10 guys go first overall this year. Now, I can get that with five of them being quarterbacks or whatever. Yes, but but finding five other prospects that would go ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau. And, I mean, look, I'm sure he was being exaggerative, but whatever. But let's say he wasn't. Finding five other prospects from last year's class that, at the time, if they were in this class, you know, not NFL experience already, uh, that would go ahead of Thibodeau. I think that would be hard to find. But the quarterback, sure. But uh, I think finding five other guys would, would have been really, really tough. Um, yeah, big time. Almost feels like Thibodeau's not getting enough appreciation as the first overall pick. But it's the, the East Coast bias. Probably is, right? Especially because the Pac-12 is so unwatchable this year. Um, anyway. Not Utah. Go, you know who doesn't get any bias? The SEC. They're just the best. It just means more. And I'm going down there to a team that uh, is criminally underrated all the time, Auburn. Um, 
and I'm going to the corner who we haven't talked too much about. Uh, uh, kind of a draft Twitter darling, if I can use that term. Roger McCreary, who I, I did think looked really good against Tamu. Uh, not a flashy game, and hence I'll play the, ba- the box score. Two tackles and, and a PPU. I just thought he was pretty darn locked down. A um, couple times they went his way, and he had the one PPU, and if if he didn't get a play on the ball, he was just perfectly in phase, and it was a bad throw from Calzada, but he was there, and I just thought he... Whenever they went his way, and just even when they weren't, he was just perfectly in coverage, and um, I thought he was a little overrated, but I haven't dug in too much on McCreary yet. But just watching him um, this week, I, I'm like, okay, I can I can see it. He's pretty, he's pretty damn good. Uh, overhyped. I went back to Zach Harrison because I came back the other way, and then it was just yeah. I don't know. Tariq Smith's better than him. Yeah, like straight up is much more impactful player. Zach Harrison. I, now the broadcast is starting to do a better job of not acting like Zach Harrison is Chase Young. Or even close to being a top fifty guy, like they now it might have been because it was Joel and Gus, so they kind of have a better idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, I'm still seeing Zach Harrison pop up in spots where it just feels like ridiculous. But even like draft people still are giving him. Too I much. know it's it's weird. Uh, similar idea, but not to the same extent. This guy I liked a bit in the summer. You did not. So credit to Rob. He hasn't had a bad year, but I'm putting a Marty Barno here. Uh, going back to Friday night again. Uh, I didn't feel his presence at all Friday night, in my opinion. I, I don't think you felt him on the field. And Barno's one of those guys who's had an okay season, like I just said. But you still see the hype. And all the hype is kind of built into the fact that he's going to test really well. And he's a really good athlete. He's really long. Yeah. And he's big. Yeah, exactly. And so I think just all of that, and you're kind of wrapping it in, and he's been okay. But like when you really... Like, that's a good offensive line at Boston College, and he did nothing. And I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels more, you know, sizzle than stick at this point with, with Barno. Uh, my pop, my transfer popped is Mori Toure. I put Ty Chandler. I had Toure here originally, but Chandler, Chandler really went off for UNC. 213, four touchdowns. He is the Tennessee transfer running back at this point. Uh, Wake really couldn't stop him. Uh, he, he hasn't – he's had, you know, the couple really good games this year. He hasn't been phenomenal or anything, but this I mean, that was a that was a big game. That was, was that the game of the week, in your opinion? It had to be, right? Oh, no. Definitely not. What was your game of the week? Boston uh, College. C- 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 Central and Western. Michigan. Okay, the, the game of the Saturday. And the game of the Friday was Utah-Stanford. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely the game of the week. Okay, yeah, that was great. And, yeah, Chandler was one of those dudes uh, that popped off. And I'm glad the ACC finally got a like a showcase game. I don't know. Okay, my, my final statement on that Western Central game. Small school guy, I caught your eye. Bernard Raymond, mm. the, the left tackle for Central, lives up to what everyone says. Uh, the former tight end, the, the the guy who's only been playing football for a handful of years. Um, he looked – he was just – the size and the smoothness at, in the MAC, it just stands out so significantly. Like, and just thinking about him versus a MAC tackle from last year – and Tommy Doyle, like, Raymond's just on a completely other yeah. level. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Let's see what he does tomorrow night against the Flashes, am I right? Amen. <laughs> yeah, I already said mine was same school, Pimpleton. It was amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time... Uh, team you own wins you earn a cash win payout second 
just like the stock market. If you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And if you're looking for a live audio-only sports talk platform, either to talk sports or alternatively to listen to sports talk, Sign up for Spotify Greenroom in the iOS app store that's free to download and to use where you can talk to all kinds of people in the sports realm. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. I'd like to share my week 10 experience. I'm in a slump. I've gone 2-3 and three the last two weeks. My record on the season is now 28-17. and 17. This week I feel not confident about any of my picks. I also went two and three. I'm also in a slump, but my slump is worse because I'm only 23, 21, and one on the air. But hey, head above water, Rob. That's all that matters. Respect, respect. Okay, I'm, I, 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 to stick with my tradition here, I'm, I'm going with a Wednesday night, 8 p.m. on ESPNU, Kent State at Central Michigan. The Chips are two and a half point favorites. I ride with the Chips. They made me look like a fool last week. Uh, Daniel Richardson's my favorite Mac quarterback. I don't know why I bet against him. Lou Nichols is that dude. Khalil Pimpleton is the best player in the MAC in the history of the MAC. Uh, I'm not a crumb a crummyac like you. <laughs> I do like Marquez Cooper, but this can be a shootout. Pound the the over on whatever the total is. Uh, go chips. <laughs> do you want to guess what the total is? Seventy-two and a half. Really fucking good guess. It's seventy-five. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit, indeed. Uh, I don't know why this isn't the the. Because the the NIU game is on ESPN two, this is ESPNU. I don't know why that's not reversed. Uh, stupid pick though, terrible pick. Uh, flash it up, baby. That's all I got to say. Um, I don't like picking the the Wednesday games when we the podcast podcast comes out like, like Tuesdays or whatever the fuck. Uh, so I'm jumping right to Saturday noon. ABC. It's not the big noon Saturday. It's the ABC game, baby. Because it's old. School football, the Michigan Wolverines at the Penn State Nittany Lions. It's a pick I'm also taking this. I'm also taking this. Of course you're also taking this. Uh, look, I didn't want to pick it, but I felt like I had to. Um, I'm going to remove my hearts from the equation, and I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines. No jinx, no reverse jinx involved. Me too. Nothing involved. Uh, I can't believe it. It's a weird game because I feel like Penn State kind of should be ranked. And it's yes. it, 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 it's in uh, College Park. Yes. That, wait, I mixed up where Penn State is. State College. State College. College Park's Maryland. Yes. Um, and still Big Ten country. Uh, so it feels kind of weird. Like, but I still like. How's Michigan not favored? Was kind of my takeaway. Mm-hmm. I also think Sean Clifford's going to be given what we've seen from that Penn State offensive line in recent weeks, uh, and what we've seen from Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, like. Those guys are going to eat Sean Clifford alive. Like the the defense, Michigan's defense alone, I think, wins this game. Now, Clifford had a pretty good game last week, but it was the Terps. And yeah. it's really just stopped Jahan Dotson because he had a massive game against it. We didn't talk about him because it was the Terps, but he had, a, he had 242 and three touchdowns. Like David Bell, better than David Bell numbers, really. He's been a monster, too. Uh, so watching that, that Dotson against the Michigan secondary, that's been better this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, even. I mean, I think Corum should be good to go for Saturday, but even if not, the, I think even Michigan's offense should 
should be able to move it a little bit on the pen. I don't know. It's gonna be low scoring. What's the total in this game? I didn't look, but it should be should be low. But I think the yeah, I totally agree. Ojabo and, and Hutch are gonna be way too much for uh Yeah. For that line. Big agree. Um my other or uh, the other noon game to to watch that is the big noon Saturday yeah. game uh, on Fox number eight Oklahoma at number twelve Baylor. I went back and forth on this because like, I I think because I like the way Baylor plays. Um, you've talked about it how they've kind of leaned into run the football, play good defense, yeah. do the opposite of the rest of the Big Twelve, and, and just the scares Oklahoma has had. But like Caleb Williams has been incredible. Different so team, just, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go and take the Sooners minus five and a half on the road. Uh, this is a great test to see how good this Baylor team actually is, though. Uh, Baylor bit me last week, uh, not only not covering against TCU, but losing in the Jerry Kill game. <laughs> yeah, this is a different team with Caleb Williams. Everything before Williams, I know they had you know the Kansas game still, but I think Oklahoma goes in and covers and wins. I'm going to say easy because I think Baylor is a little more difficult in the house that RG3 built, but I, 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 like the, I like the Sooners to cover and win. Um, I'm jumping. Do you have any 3.30 games? I do, and I got one more noon game. Oh, wanna. okay, go for it. Noon. Matchup of I, – I tried to get the ranked teams, and then I realized there was more ranked games, but I didn't care. Mississippi State at Auburn. Auburn's minus 5.5. I don't like the the Tigers of Auburn, but I don't think Mississippi State's good both either. These teams, these, both these teams are frauds. And I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the team but, that is uh, more physical and a fraud, but they win these stupid Missi- football games. And I'm taking Miss- Auburn. Mississippi State's rank just so the Bama ranking makes more sense. Yes, I think that's true. I think that is very true. So I'm taking Auburn to cover. They win by touchdown. I think I'm, I feel pretty good with that. And uh, what's your three thirty game? Oh, Purdue, Ohio State. I already said it off the top of the show. Oh, right. Boilermakers getting twenty points. The Giant Killers. I bet against them like idiots last week. Um, come on. I know that's not Ross Aid. I know it's not Ross Aid, but they got they got the magic. Rob feels it in his gut. They already have Ohio State's number. I can see his gut wrenching right now. He knows it's coming. They struggle against Nebraska. Purdue's taking down Ohio State. I believe it. I know you do. Um, so you're not going to hear an argument from me. I know. I mean, all they've done is done this this year, and all Ohio State's done is look bad. <laughs> Come on, uh, but but realistically, even getting 20 points, they're going to hang around. Uh, 7 p.m. ESPN, number 14, Texas A&M. Uh, heads to Oxford to take on number 16, Ole Miss. It's my last um, pick. Weird game. Yeah. Uh, 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 run the ball, play strong defense versus Ole Miss's defense played well, but uh, uh, more of a high-flying attack. Yeah. Two different styles. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Um at home, if Corral and Zach Calzada have to get in a shootout, if it's on Alabama on the other side, I don't think Calzada can do it. Um, another week for Corral to get healthy. Uh, I am excited to see maybe Sam Williams face a little bit of Kenyon Green. Mm. Um, and that Ole Miss offensive line against DeMarvin Leal in the fellas. But uh, low-key good trench game. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just – I think – Corral can win this game. I'm taking Texas A&M. I'm still a little worried about Corral being banged up. Um, Texas A&M, if they're anything, they're physical. Uh, the spread is kind of weird, but Ole Miss is such a like you can't peg this team. You know, like one week they they go and get into a shootout with Arky, and the next they get blown out. Like they're really tough to really get a good reading on what they are, and that going back to Corral not being healthy. At least I know Texas A&M is going to come in, play really good defense. 
play a scrappy game and kind of out physical Ole Miss, and I'll, I'll take I'll take them to win by field goal. Um, okay, my final, is that all your games? It's all my games. Seven thirty, ACC Network, number nineteen NC State at number nine Wake Forest. Now, if Wake had beat North Carolina last week, mm-hmm. I would have said NC State perfect time to upset them. Uh, this is an interesting one because both these teams, NC State has not gotten talked about very much, even though they're ranked in their 7-2, and two, and Dave Doran's done a great job. Yeah. Devin Leary's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Leary, like Sam Hartman, kind of big blow up this season, and but just really not being talked about. Zonovan Knight, uh, a running back for NC State. Uh, Ickham at left tackle, one of the best in the country. Uh, Emeka Mezzi at receiver. Like, NC State's loaded on offense. And they play good defense. Daniel Joseph, the Penn State transfer, and Canadians I got to watch. I'm doing my 10 good minutes on this game, by the way. Um, but but because Wake comes off the loss, I think they're angry. Sam Hartman had a huge game once again. Uh, A.T. Perry and, and um, Jaquari Roberson, no one can cover those two. I don't think NC State's got, got the pass defense to hang. Um I don't know. I think this is going to be a, a good game, but but Wake wins by like seven. Oh, okay. I, I thought I don't know why, but I thought you were going to go NC State. Um, no, if if hey, I promise you, if Wake had beat North Carolina, I'd go NC State. But do you? I, I two of my favorite teams. I, like I love Dave Doran. I love Dave Clawson. Well, you've said a lot of things about Dave Doran, like running the thing closest to an NFL program out there. Yeah. Well, he does. Um, you know what? Dave Dave Clawson runs the cleanest college football program. Do, do before we leave do you know what the abc saturday night game is i don't think i checked no because there's there's not that many seven o'clock games and i feel like if, if i gave you five guesses you wouldn't be able to get guess correctly just to abc i know you give me the conference we'll give it away uh it's an acc game and it's not NC state in wake but it's not really an acc game that's your answer is, is clemson playing florida state it's notre dame and virginia Hmm. I don't know like, why. That, that's, that's an NBC. Kind of a, it's like kind of a fun game. Brandon Armstrong's going to win all the quarterback awards. So, <laughs> if you gave me like honestly like the seven o'clock, like, there's a couple of good games. If you gave me like five guesses, I would never have guessed that because I I'd assume it would be on NBC. Uh, but NBC showing um, reruns of La Brea. So if you haven't caught up with that yet, check it out. La Brea Tuesdays on NBC. 